This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Yes, I know it's Easter Sunday and Passover, and as such, I have a special treat for you later on in the hour. It features a salute to Jackie Robinson, and I'm I'm pretty sure you won't want to miss this special moment. In short, I'm going to play the actual recording from 1956 of Jackie's last Major League hit. And if you don't know the history of that particular game, well, this is going to be your lucky day because I go into some detail about that last hit. And again, that's, that's coming up later on in the show. But... First up, unfortunately, we have to once again focus on the, on the nonstop and continuing violent attacks on referees, umpires, and officials at our kids' sporting events. Now look, this is this kind of criminal behavior, and let's be honest, that's just what it is. It's criminal behavior has become so routine so pervasive that for every reason, we just can't seem to stop it. Now, last Sunday, I mentioned an incident in which a bunch of 8th grade basketball players from Alabama who were playing in a church league tournament in Georgia. Apparently, the kids, these 8th graders, were so angry and so upset by losing in a lopsided game that they vented their unhappiness by attacking and beating one of the refs who was working their game. And the video was very clear. When the beatdown by these kids was complete, the ref, an adult, well, he had to be helped up and taken to a local hospital where he received 30 stitches. And then this past week, a Mississippi Youth League girls softball umpire posted a picture of her badly bruised face on her Facebook account after she was punched by an angry mother in the parking lot of a, of a softball complex after the game. And this umpire, a young woman named Christy Moore, well, I got to tell you, the, the photo was pretty clear. She was sporting a serious black eye along with facial bruising after this confrontation with this mom, Kiara Thomas. Now, according to media reports, Thomas was waiting to ambush the umpire Moore after Moore finished, finished umpiring a 12-year-old softball game. That's right, 12-year-olds playing softball. 
And it turns out that, that Christy Moore was actually just filling in after one of the other umpires got sick and had to call in sick. And Moore, by the way, is no rookie. She'd been calling softball games for over a decade. By the way, that same mom who punched her, well, she'd actually been asked to leave the game earlier by one of the coaches because his mom couldn't control her outlandish profanity again during a softball game for 12-year-olds. Now, moments after the punch, this mom was arrested and she was charged with assault by the police. She was fined $422 and then she was basically released. She was let go less than 20 minutes after the police report had been filed. That's, that's extraordinary to me. I mean, what, what could, first of all, a couple of thoughts. What could have that softball umpire have done, softball, softball umpire, what does she have done to have so angered this mom that this mother would literally wait until the game was over in the parking lot and then smack this umpire in the face? I mean, that's, that's just bad enough. But what I'm really concerned about is that the punishment this, this sports parent, this mom, was fined less than $500, and I gather that was pretty much it. She was let go. I mean, you think that's going to serve as a deterrent to her not to do this again? I don't think so. My point is, I really do think we now have to finally step up and come up with some significant punishments. We really need to enact some meaningful actions that will have a, a real deterrent effect, uh, a chilling effect on parents attacking and beating up refs and umpires. Now, look, I know from over the years, a number of umpires, referees, and officials listen to this show. Please give me a call this morning and let me know what you think. Let me know what you suggest we do about this problem. That is, what do you want to see happen to any parent or coach or even athlete who physically attacks or verbally abuses a ref or an ump, ump at a game. 877-337-6666. That's, of course, our number. You know, we've talked about this problem for years on the Sports Edge, for years. And we know that every year there are fewer and fewer refs and umps who sign up to work our kids' games. <laughs> Quite frankly, who can blame them? I mean, ask yourself. Would you be willing to earn a hundred bucks or so just to, to work a high school or travel game or youth game, even though you run the serious risk of being physically assaulted by an angry parent either after or during the game? I mean, really? I mean, why would you want to do that? I mean, look, we know most of these, these refs and umps, a lot of them are retirees trying to make a few extra bucks because they love, they love sports and want to stay somehow connected to the game. But again... Uh, who wants to take the chance of getting physically attacked because some mom or dad doesn't think that they called a good game? This is getting really serious. And again, the fact of the matter is, the bottom line is, in addition to the running the risk of being seriously injured, eventually we're going to reach a point where there aren't going to be enough umpires or officials or refs to work our kids' games. And at that point, you know, now these games, instead of being official games, they're just going to really become scrimmages. And I, I can assure you, nobody wants that. Scrimmages are fine as teaching tools, but when it gets down to a regular schedule, 
Everybody wants to see the officials and umps and refs work the games. They don't want to see volunteer parents doing the games or whatever. They want to see actual third-party officials working out there, doing, making the calls, and do so because they know the rules, and they do it in a professional way. I, I just, that's where we're headed. And I already know, I'm already getting reports where already we're beginning to find out that because of the dearth of officials and umps, we're going to see some possible changes happening sooner than we think. I'll get into that in a little bit. bit. But let me tell you a quick story. Some years ago, I wrote a book entitled Coaching Kids for Dummies. It was was part of the, the For Dummies series, which were very, very popular for years. This book was a very straightforward work, a guidebook, if you will, on how to work with kids, how to communicate with them, how to teach them the fundamentals of sports, how to run organized practices, and so on. It was a good book and did quite well. In any event, a few weeks before the book was coming out, I received a call from Oprah Winfrey's producers to appear on her show. Now, again, you remember Oprah Winfrey. This is back when her show was a big, big deal. In that event, I was delighted. They, uh, the producers flew me out to Chicago where Oprah tapes her shows. And I recall vividly meeting Oprah and her telling me, she said, Rick, I'm not a parent and I'm hardly an expert on sports. But I do know that a lot of sports parents are out of control in this country. And I couldn't agree with her more. She then showed me a, like a 15 or 20 minute videotape of, of various numerous sports parents attacking and beating up refs and officials. This was really just violent stuff, just a, a patchwork of, of home movies, people taking fo- photos, videos of, of other parents either punching or headbutting or slapping and so on and so forth on officials and refs. And, and again, this was unbelievable. It just happened to be the fact that these videos were from other parents taking shots of these other attacks. It was brutal, just awful. And again, mind you, when these incidents were taking place at these kids' games, all the kids, all the kids in attendance were watching these parents go nuts. Anyhow, I did the show. I think I was on for most of the show as Oprah's only guest. Uh, She was quizzing me about all this and what could be done and so on and so forth. Uh, And obviously uh, the show got, uh, you know, very good response. The problem was this aired, this show aired close to, I'm going to sing, 15, 20 years ago. And the truth is, despite how good that show was, things really haven't gotten much better in terms of parents trying to behave themselves in terms of uh, beating up reps and officials. And quite frankly, it's really, really unacceptable. I mean, I just think that the time has come that we have to really sort of say, well, that's just too bad. It doesn't happen in my neck of the woods, but happens other places. The truth is, that's not right. This happens everywhere. And I know we have we have some you know some measures we put in place. We think that are somehow preventive in scope. I mean, uh, you go to any high school in this country. There's always uh, some signs near the fields uh, that say you know let the refs do their own work, leave them alone. Let the coaches coach. Let the refs ref. Has no impact or very little impact. Uh, sometimes before games, particularly uh, indoor games like a basketball games, there'll be an announcement made before the game begins that we really want parents to behave themselves, kids to behave themselves uh, with real sense of uh, composure and poise. Again, it doesn't seem to have much impact. 
because the fact is these attacks continue over and over and over and over again. I've been doing that sports edge police blotter for 20 years, and a lot of them have to do with parents being out of control, like this mom in Mississippi who literally waited in the parking lot to punch the umpire after you know watching a, a softball game of 12-year-olds. I mean, come on, really? This is nuts. Or, or, I mean, it just it happens so routinely. I think the time has come. I'd like to talk about this this morning. And I really wanted to hear from the refs and umpires and officials in the listening audience here at the fan. Tell me what you think should be done. And how big a problem is this really? 877-337-6666. Let's get into this discussion because I really do think the time has come to take a stand and do the right thing. Let me take a break. When I return... I'll go to your phone. Go to your phone calls. Stay with me. We're talking this morning about what needs to be done to stop the onslaught of refs, umpires, officials uh, being attacked by angry parents, coaches, and in some cases even by the athletes themselves. Look, here's the bottom line: we keep hearing about these incidents all the time, and we sort of you know go tisk tisk. That's a shame, but we don't do anything about it. There's no. It seems that we don't have any real effective, proactive measures in place to get parents to think twice before they decide to just act out on their impulses. Now, again, we, we, we know that we, we have a problem, as we just outlined. We know we have a hard time getting new refs to, to come out to work our kids' games uh, just for a few bucks. Uh, and again, who can blame them? Who wants to take a chance to work in a, a, a game where you might get beaten up uh, after the game is over, even worse, get attacked during the game? It doesn't make any sense. So we know that we have some some measures in place that we use in terms of uh, of trying to you know act as a, a deterrent to this kind of horrible behavior, you know, with the signs at the games or, or the announcements, or even before, you know, during a preseason or during a, a, the athletic director might have a a, a get together with all the parents and have them understand that you you know we have to behave at our kids' games. Sometimes they even have them sign a, a, a one-page contract that they're going to behave and whatever. But it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't seem to work. So I'm going to take a different kind of approach on this. How do we do? What do we do to make the punishments more severe, so that parents might have to think twice? about what they're doing in terms of, you know, acting out and, and, and losing control. Because to me, it's not, it's not fair just to say after the fact, oh, yeah, yeah, I, was, I really lost my mind for a few moments there, but, uh, gee, after all, it was a terrible call, or the ref really missed it, or it's not fair for uh, my kid to play uh, and get cheated by a, a referee or an umpire. Stop all that nonsense. You know, everybody knows and, and understands that when it comes to working and officiating a game, there's always going to be, uh, there's a human uh, human element to this. It's all about, you know, what we expect and hope we can get the best. But the fact is, if you aren't teaching your kids at an early age that, yeah, sometimes the calls go against you. Sometimes the ump misses that, that uh, pitch. Sometimes uh, the official makes a mistake. That's part of the game. And you have to drill it into kids. Uh, yes, it's disappointing and it hurts when it, when it happens to your kid. But the fact of the matter is, you've got to understand that, that this, is, this is a nature of playing competitive sports. So, parents, if you don't understand that, well, maybe the time has come to understand that if you decide that you're going to basically beat up the ref for making some bad calls, then you have to understand that, A, 
you're either going to get a much larger fine, not just a few hundred dollars, but a significant fine that you'll have to pay, or B, what about going to jail? I mean, the fact is, there's no reason, there's no way you can understand or, or explain or, or somehow justify to anybody uh, why you did this. So, yeah, how about jail time? Because I guarantee you, if we sent some of these, these out-of-control moms and dads to jail, that would send a pretty strong message to the rest of the community that, you know, we're not, we're not going to tolerate this. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, we have to understand that we understand that, that this is serious time stuff. Um, I mean, I, I just, or, and of course, part of that punishment is that if you do something that's stupid and that's selfish uh, and that violent, yeah, you're going to be banned from watching your kid play sports for the rest of the year. But again, the time has come, I think, to start entertaining some of these thoughts because I do believe that we're reaching a point where, uh, you know, we, we, just, we just have to understand that, that um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really getting out of control. And you can say all you want to say, oh, yeah, I read about those incidents with crazy sports parents, but it doesn't really happen around here. Well, the problem is it happens pretty much everywhere in this country. And a lot of moms and dads take a sort of a NIMBY approach that not, not in my backyard. Well, the fact is it happens pretty much everywhere. As I said, we're going to have to do something to, to make sure that we, 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 this, we don't allow this. We just take a hard stand. Now, look, I know for years that many towns and communities have tried to design athletic fields uh, so that the kids and the, who are on the field and the spectators who, who come to watch the kids, they're separated. They just, they're, they're, they're basically far away from the, from the kids and the umpires and the refs. Well, that's done on purpose for exactly this reason, just to keep a distance uh, between the, the, the parents and the people in the stands and the kids on the field and the refs. But the problem is, what do we do about indoor events like basketball or volleyball or ice hockey? What happens then? How do we make that distinction? I just, it's just getting to the point. All right, 877-337-6666. Let's go to some calls here. Let's go to, uh, to Ed Ward. Ed, over in Elizabeth, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Happy Easter. You too, Ed. Now, Ed, I know that this is something that's near and dear to you. Uh, you were uh, communicating with me this week about the fact that we're seeing uh, over in Jersey, there's, there's, a, there's a possibility of, of having not two umpires at, at games, but just one umpire. Is that correct? It's not a possibility. It's already going on. Oh, and, uh, wow. Okay. I'm gonna t- I'm, and here's a, here's a funny part. My brother's an umpire now. I, you know, I resigned uh, after 38 years because of health issues. But he did a game the other day where his two kids went to went to play sports at two different high schools. Ethically, he didn't want to do it. It got so – but fortunately, my brother knows the two coaches there. It's getting so bad that the assigner had to beg him to, to do the game. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, the assigner also called the, called the two coaches, and they had no issues. But that's how bad it's getting. And I'm going to tell you the reason why we're losing great umpires – on the high school level. Number one, the, the young umpires, and we got a lot of good ones in the state of New Jersey. They're all going to do college now. And it, it, that's a cost factor. College guys on a JUCO level are getting $200 a game compared to $90 in New Jersey. So, right, right. Again, again two, age. A, a lot of the great umpires were older umpires, but they, it's time to give it up. 
But they don't even want to do the youth level, again, like we're talking about, because of the parents. And the last thing I'm going to say is, I mean, I'm going to games now because I, I do some scouting for a high school in New Jersey to look at opponents that they might be playing. I see more idiotic and jerky parents at games that are yelling at, about calls. They don't even know the rules. How about they buy a rule book? Or how about, <laughs> or how about no, it, Rick. They don't, it's unbelievable. Or how about if they, if they think they know those offers, why don't you go take the umpiring class? Okay? Because it, that, that's how bad it's getting. And you know what? High school, I never seen this before. High school baseball now at site managers at games. Um, it's, and it's getting out of control. Pretty soon, Rick, you're going to see cops at games. I mean, well, and you, go ahead, Rick, I'm sorry. Let me go back to what you were saying before, because I'm not sure people, because obviously I was only vaguely aware of it until you let me know. They're not saying because there's so few umpires in New Jersey that they're going to, they're just using assigning one umpire per game so the umpire that, works the plate? That, 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 that's correct. And here's what it is, Rick. It's all the assigners in New Jersey. They've all sent emails out. My brother says, told me this because, as I said, he's umpire now. So what happens is this. The umpire will do it by himself. He'll go behind the plate. He's getting double paid, but now he's got to run all over the place to try to make calls and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what? I said, how, how, how does an umpire at the plate be in position to make to make a call on a kid trying to steal second base on a close play? He's got to do the best he can. But you know what's crazy, Rick? As I was umping through my career, there were times maybe I did a summer league game or whatever with one umpire and all that stuff. You know what's ironic? You, you get you get less bull crap from the, from the parents and the coaches. So maybe maybe we go to one umpire and people will shut the hell up. <laughs> and, and and the reason, just to be clear about this, the reason why they're going with one umpire, as you said, the, the umpire gets double pay because you're doing the job of two people, but it's because of the fact they just have a hard time getting umps. And uh, again, this is all part of, this is all coming home to Roosted that because we know that there are fewer and fewer people coming out to work high school games because they're afraid of of being uh, either attacked or being verbally abused, severely abused by, by the people in the stands, many of whom don't know the rules, for goodness sakes. Rick, so. I've seen so many more ironic parents at the high school games I've attended this year. i got to laugh at them. And you know what the crazy part is? I'm going to call it with the college that I've always talked about. If these parents can act like that now, and here's a college coach that maybe wanting to recruit their kid, guess what? They're walking away. said, I'm not going to deal with this parent through, through my four years of coaching this kid if he comes to my college. Yeah, yeah. Really is sad. Uh, Ed, thank you with the call. As always, appreciate the heads up about the umpires, uh, you know, getting one a game. That seems like we're definitely uh, getting in the worst direction for sure. Appreciate it. Um, and, friends, I, I, I just want to come back to this because, I, I, again, we've discussed this so many times on the, on the show over the years. What can we do? What can we do and just sit around and say, well, it's a shame. Let's really come put some teeth into trying to protect the, uh, the officials at our kids' games. Uh, yeah, maybe there should be uh, some, as I said, more immediate jail time. Uh, bigger, substantial fines, um, you know, uh, something that somehow it's going to basically 
send a message that, uh, and these are these are you know these are punishments that are clearly marked out at the fields or in the gyms, so the parents know that we aren't kidding around here. That when it comes to uh, you know really inf- uh, trying to protect those individuals who come and give other time to to work on our kids' games, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, look, we also know that. In years past, if there's some sort of bad situation uh, you know, where something has happened, where there's been an incident, well, the next thing you do, the knee-jerk reaction is, okay, now we're just going to play the rest of the games in the schedule without any uh, parents. Uh, we're going to ban all the spectators from the games. The kids play in front of nobody, in front of empty gyms, or on fields with no spectators, um, because the parents can then just basically live stream the games to watch the kids play. And that's that that's a, a, a lose lose situation for everybody involved because it doesn't work. It, nobody people want to come and enjoy the games. The vast majority of the moms and dads they get this, but they all sort of understand that there's always a couple of knuckleheads out there who think that somehow they're more entitled to want to go out there and and somehow you know voice their opinion, uh, which is always wrong to to embarrass the refs in some cases actually beat them up we have to stop this we have to take some some really serious actions to make sure this doesn't happen again 877-337-6666 let's go to uh let's go to jack smithland over in Fairland. jack you're next up on the fan uh, how are you how are you rick i just want to wish everybody a happy easter happy passover um, even though Passover is already passed over, but, um, <laughs> yes. I just, I, you know, this, this, first of all, your other topic, you, you know, what you're going to play at the end. I just want to tell you that I had the pleasure of talking to Ra- to Rachel Robinson, um, Jackie Robinson's wife. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, it was a while ago when, when the show 42 and the book was written, um, and I thought it was on your show, but I think it might have been on um, Talking Baseball with Ed Randall's show. But um, but I had a great talk with her. I told her that she was as big a hero as her husband was because of all the abuse she took, and it was a pleasure talking to her. And I can't wait to hear your clip, um, even though I've heard it a thousand times. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. This, this, this particular topic, Rick, is something that, like you said, you, you were on the Oprah Winfrey show 20 years ago, and it's not getting worse. It already is worse. And it's getting, you know, and, and, and it's not going to stop. You know, the consequences is, is, I believe, the only way to control it. But yep. they have to be strict enough, like you said, that it's going to cause hardship to the pre- people doing it. But it goes so much deeper than that. I mean, in my career, my coaching career at the high school level, I remember I had a pitcher that was pitching, I believe, a no-hitter at the time. And I caught her taking signals from her dad in the stands. And I walked out, and I said, if you do it again, you're out of the game. And we were playing a team that was 13-0 and at the time. We were, I think, 11-0, and and we were beating them 2-0. And about two innings later, she shook off a signal, looked up into the stands. I went out. I held my hand out. She handed me the ball. Her father went irate. He was completely out of control, challenged me to a fight, waited for me to get off the bus back at school. It was, it was completely outrageous. I had a parent that once sent me death threats. Because I took his, I, I, her daughter was, his daughter was not my starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it, and it's not only for referees, but like you said, 
And, you know, as much as I agree with what Ed said in a way, I also disagree. Having one umpire is going to cause more bad calls and have more craziness in the stands because some of those sick people, those crazy people, aren't going to realize how difficult it is to ump have only one ump. So, you know, they're going to miss calls. They're going to make bad calls. And if it's against one of their kids, you know, God help us because they're just going to be crazy. So, you know, I agree, and I agree with you 150% that the consequences have to be so strict and so powerful that this person thinks twice, like the cards I used to give to my kids. Think before you speak, and I'm going to write a new card for fans. Think before you act crazy. And then on the back, think about the consequences of what you're going to do. And people don't. Jack, you know, I... I, You've been involved in coaching for a long time, and obviously you just went through a couple of stories there. Uh, I mean, this is a serious issue that people either, as I said, think it doesn't happen in their neck of the woods or with their kids or their teams, but we know it, it, it's as commonplace uh, as crabgrass, and the fact is that it, something needs to be done because it, clearly it's not getting better. If anything, we're seeing almost like this sense of entitlement, and that's the word I use, is becoming more pervasive. So if we see a bunch of eighth-grade basketball players who get beaten down in a, in a, in a, in a lopsided game, they feel, well, it's our, we, we're entitled to basically uh, vent our feelings on the referee who didn't call enough of the game in our favor. So they do that. Or a mom who says, yeah, fine, I just uh, my, my kid somehow got cheated uh, in a 12-year-old softball game, therefore I'm just going to wait in the, in the parking lot and beat up the umpire. I mean, this is this is getting very very scary, and and um, I I I think we have to get ahead of this somehow. And by the way, speaking of uh, with Ed, Ed was saying the same thing. I think we're all on the same page on this. Going to one yeah. umpire uh, in in a high school baseball game, yes, that's going to cause even more problems because clearly there are going to be more missed calls. That's why we have you know usually at least two umpires assigned to a game just to make sure. Uh, you know, one is working the plate and one's working in the field, so we have a better shot. They have a better shot at making accurate, fair calls. But it's just, it's it's getting scary. It's just like uh, it's, you know, it's, Rick, you know, you know, Rick. You said you said for many, many, many years, we need you know maybe having a um, a commissioner of youth sports in the United States is a little bit too far fetched. But having maybe a state youth commissioner setting rules for communities and setting these strict, you know, penalties for irate parents. You know, having a commissioner is so important um, because it's out of control. You know, and the recreation departments control the, you know, control the rules and regulations of umpires and the coaches and what they have to do, but they don't do anything about the parents. They don't do anything about these parents who charge referees and yell at coaches and scream at their own kids on the field. You know, it's, like you said, it is completely out of control, and something definitely has to be done with it. Jail time, you know, a, a two hundred dollar fine and a slap on the wrist isn't going to do it. No, I mean, I, not being penalized. They're not I, being. I, I, I think it's. Uh, the, I think there's a correlation, Jack, between the fact that parents now realize they're paying, in many cases, for their kid uh, to play on 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 a on a team, and therefore, when you pay money whether just, you know, to, uh, to be in a travel program or a club team, whatever it might be, that somehow they, in, they interpret the fact that, well, that gives me a right to do and say what I want to do. 
um, because who's going to stop me and what's the big deal? I'll get a fine of 200 bucks or 400 bucks and walk away. It's just, it's just getting to the point where something has to be done. And, and, um, yeah, I, I think we get, we get, everybody sort of holds their breath and doesn't want to be, do something that's not, uh, con considered to be, uh, uh, politically correct. But the fact is, this is a universal issue and we're trying to basically protect people particularly the officials who work our kids' games. And we're getting to the point where if they don't show up anymore, who can blame them? It's as simple as that. Jack, thank you for the call as always. Uh, let me take a time out, friends. Uh, when we come back, I, I want to continue on this conversation as much as we can as our time is limited. But I also want to obviously play you, uh, you know, in honor of this past Friday being Jackie Robinson Day in Major League Baseball. I want to play you the recording of Jackie's last hit uh, during his illustrious Hall of Fame career. 877-337-6666. Okay, welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone. Um, let me do a quick shout-out to Dr. Rob Freed, longtime fan and listener of the Sports Edge. Rob is running tomorrow in the Boston Marathon. Uh, he's a serious runner going all the way back to his college days when he ran for Adelphi. Uh, Rob, we'll be all rooting for you uh, in tomorrow's run up in Boston. Okay, and friends, don't forget to check out AskCoachWolf.com. Follow me on Twitter at AskCoachWolf. Let's, um, let's get back to our calls very quickly. Let's go, to, uh, let's go over to Fort Lee, and John is standing by. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Good, John. Haven't called in, uh, but uh, I was listening. Uh, I just turned it on. I listened to Coach Ward speak and uh, about the umpires. Yep. Uh, Side of coach, um, I've been a soft, varsity softball umpire for uh, about the last twelve or thirteen years in North Jersey, um, and I see it happening in softball with less umpires. But uh -huh. I, I see it in baseball. As a matter of fact, last Monday uh, in North Jersey. Uh, Bergen County area, there were 15 varsity games that had one umpire, I heard. Yep. Um, and it's just a recipe for disaster. My son plays JV baseball in Bergen County, and there's a number of times where he's supposed to have a game, and they just, you know, the coach just will call, and it's, it's not the coach's fault. The coach will call up and say, hey, guys, we're just going to have practice. Uh, we, don't, we can't get an umpire. And at first I thought it was, you know, I mean, somebody just messed up or something, but, it, but it's not. And I, I also think it's a perfect storm. Uh, if you, it, baseball, uh, you see a lot of kids going toward lacrosse the last few years. Uh, obviously, the parents, uh, administrators are very reluctant to go after parents. They know which ones are at the games that are causing problems. Mm -hmm. uh, kids are playing other sports. I've seen this coming in baseball. I've seen it coming. A lot of the, uh, the guys, as they get a little older, they go to softball. And even the softball uh, assigners are having trouble getting guys because people just aren't signing up. I know uh, in Burton County, I think our softball cadet class has six people. Now, how do you how do you fill spots <laughs> when when six people are signed up and it takes them a couple years to get on the field? And you got guys who are older who are retiring. But I also feel since I do see baseball games and I and I do umpire softball games, administrators got to be more aware of the fact of this, but. Again, they're they're not as apt as they were years ago to just go up to somebody and say, "Hey, listen, you can't come back for a couple of weeks." You can. Parents have no regard and no fear of anything. 
Well, and that's, that's what the problem is. That, that's, I think that's what we're getting to, uh, and I agree. Uh, and, um, and, and, and thank you for the call this morning, John. You know, the fact is we may have to get to the, the point where we do have to have uh, not just security, but literally police officers come to each sporting event uh, just as a preventive measure so the police are there and walking around so any parent who decides that they want to take issue with a, a bad call or you know give uh, give voice to their their feelings they're going to think twice about when they see a cop sitting standing there adding police is an extraordinarily expensive measure it, it's it's a it's not something anybody welcomes but maybe we're at the point now where that should be something we have to seriously think about. It's it's that's where we are. Let me go to uh, let me go to Newark and Sean is uh, waiting to get on the air. Sean, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good, mo- good morning. How are you? Good, Sean. What's up? Uh, I just want to sit there and say I'm an educator and also uh, you know amateur umpire on the college, high school, and, and youth league level. Yep. And I I couldn't agree with everything what everyone said more, but I even look at it all the way from the top. Look at Angel Hernandez and the abuse that he takes. And I'm not saying that he doesn't make mistakes and he's a pro umpire, but all of that really begins to seep all the way down into the high school and the youth league levels where people think they can say any and everything and they don't have any sense of context of what the game is about. Correct. I said, when the guy's getting paid a couple million dollars, yeah, he deserves to be abused. You know, there's some criticism. But even when I see what they do there – with him is ridiculous, and then you seep it all the way down. I mean, like that's just absolutely ridiculous. It's, and it's, then what also bothers me is that when coaches or coaches or certain or certain fans or parents think their team was cheated, I said, you know, sometimes your team just got beat, and the call just <laughs> didn't go your way. Yeah. So don't. And every time you lean upon that. You want to put it on? You want to put it on the umpire, or a referee, I, or a basketball, or whatever? It's just ridiculous now. I, I I think that's a very very valid point. That as you said, Sean, that sometimes your team just gets beat. And again, I mentioned a few minutes ago that uh, parents, coaches, you have to educate your team and repeat to them over and over again that sometimes the officials make mistakes. Yes, at the major league professional level, they have replays. We get that. But for everybody else, no, you're at the mercy of uh, of a human factor, and uh, sometimes they, they make mistakes. But that doesn't mean you can't be in a situation where you're like entitles you to basically, uh, you know, vent your spleen and incur your wrath on the umpires or, or the officials. That's not acceptable. And I think again, we need a total total sort of a shake up here. And Sean, thank you for for chiming in this morning. We need a total wake up call to figure out how we're going to stop this from continuing on because it's not going to have a happy ending. It's as simple as that. All right. I mean, my time is limited, but I do want to mention to you, of course, this past Friday was Jackie Robinson Day and uh, the 75th anniversary of this momentous occasion when Jackie broke the color barrier in the big leagues. And, you know, I fervently hope that the younger generation of all athletes know about the significance of Robinson breaking the color wall in 1947 because it obviously changed sports in this country so much, so much for the better. But let me ask you this, and this has nothing to do with Jackie Robinson's first game in the majors, but rather his last major league hit in the big leagues. Believe it or not, what many baseball fans don't realize is that Jackie retired as a player uh, in the winter after the 1956 World Series. That's because he had been traded 
to the New York Giants uh, from Brooklyn. And rather than play for their, uh, the Dodgers' cross-down rivals, uh, the New York Giants, Jackie decided to call it a career. As such, that meant that his last hit in the major leagues occurred in that memorable World Series between the Dodgers and the Yankees in October 1956. Now, just to set the stage, we all remember that perfect game that Don Larson threw in Game 5 in Yankee Stadium against Brooklyn. The Yankees won that game 2-0. Many of you know, of course, that my dad was fortunate enough to have called that perfect game on radio. And, you know, not to be immodest, but in truth, I thought Dad's call was just brilliant and right on target. And it's been played millions of times over the years. But this morning, let's focus on the next game in that series. And since it was a Subway series, the next game was played, yes, the very next day, the very next afternoon at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. And that game was a scoreless 0-0 tie that went to extra innings until Brooklyn won the game 1-0 in the bottom of the 10th with a clutch single off the bat of Jackie Robinson. Now, in a few moments, I'm going to play for you the actual radio broadcast of that key hit. And ironically, as I said, it's turned out to be the final Major League hit by Jackie. That's because in Game 7, the next day in Brooklyn... Robinson went hitless, going 0 for 3 with a walk as the Yankees defeated the Dodgers 9-0 to win the 56 World Series. Okay, here we go. Over the next few minutes, this is Bob Wolf's live call of that classic moment in World Series history. Ed, if you got it, go for it. Second and two outs in the home tent. Just check the Encyclopedia of Baseball and see that this is the second time that a ball game has gone into the extra innings with no score. The other time taking place October 8, 1913, as the Giants beat the A's 3 0 in 10 innings. Well, there's the walk. As Snyder goes to first base, the eighth walk off Turley. Two have been intentional. And Jackie Robinson, who was lined out has walked and has popped up his last two times, comes up. So Robinson is up there with a chance now to bring in what would be the first and only needed run of this game as he steps in to face Turley with Gilliam on second. That's the one that counts. Snyder is on first. And two away in the home tent. And, of course, the crowd senses this tremendous situation here. Robinson in and waiting, batting in the cleanup spot. There's the stretch and the pause by Turley. And here comes the pitch, and it's fouled back for strike one. Strike one to Jackie Robinson. The infield uh, finds Gil McDougald moving over more toward the hole for Robinson, who pulls that ball. And so that means that Gilliam on second base has a pretty good territory to roll him off the bag. Bob Grimm is now warming up in the bullpen for the New York Yankees. But the full spotlight is focused on Robinson at the plate. Looking out to the mound. And the count. Strike one. Gilliam on second. Two away. Snyder on first. The outfield is playing deep and pulled around toward left. The stretch and the pause by Turley. A look back toward second. Here comes the pitch. 
and it comes in wide. And the count now is one and one to Jackie Robinson. Billy Martin uh, ran over to second base, trying to bluff Gilliam back to the bag there, but there was no throw made. Slaughter's playing far back there in left field, and Mantle over in left center. Carey has moved over closer to the line, and Turley back off the mound for the moment. Now the right-hander's ready. The count is one and one. Gilliam, uh, hands on hips, leads off second base. A little further now. Turley looks back. Robinson waits. Here comes the pitch. And there goes a line drive to left field. Slaughter's after it. He leaps it over his head against the wall. Here comes Gilliam scoring. Brooklyn wins. congratulated as he lined one out to left field Slaughter leaped for the ball it was over his outstretched glove out up against that left field wall Gilliam scored from second base well there you go friends that is a momentous moment in major league history Jackie Robinson's last major league hits. I said the next game and the game seven, he went hitless. So that was it. In fact, it's funny, just a couple of quick postscripts. I had asked my dad uh, some, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, whether he knew that he had broadcast Jackie's last hit. And he wasn't aware uh, until it was pointed out to him some years after the fact. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great, great uh, way to end one's career. And obviously uh, breaking up a, a World Series game 0-0 on the bottom of the 10th. Now, a, a couple of quick postscripts, as I mentioned. Uh, my dad, who uh, had a collection of close to a thousand radio and TV interviews dating back to the late 1940s, well, he donated them to the Library of Congress in Washington. And it's, i got to tell you, it's a truly an astounding collection. He's got interviews, of course, with Jackie Robinson. Uh, when Jackie, in his first year in the big leagues, uh, there were interviews with such notables as Ty Cobb, Tris Speaker, Babe Ruth, Jimmy Fox, Casey Stengel, Mickey Mantle, George Steinbrenner, Yogi Berra, Ted Williams, Vince Lombardi, and on and on. Just a treasure trove of stars, athletic stars from over the last uh, 50, 60 years. So if you ever want to hear the actual voice of so many of our great American athletes, just uh, make plans to visit the Library of Congress and and ask to find the Bob Wolf collection. It is very, very cool. And one other quick note, uh, one day Spike Lee, who of course knew my dad from all the years at the Garden when dad was the, the TV voice of the Knicks, Spike called up about using uh, my dad's call of Jackie's last hit for a TV commercial that uh, Spike was going to do for Anheuser-Busch. That commercial was based, uh, uh, it was designed to be in a bar in Brooklyn. All the patrons in the, in the, uh, in the, in the tavern are African-American, and they are all listening to the call of the Dodgers-Yankees game uh, from 56. And if you hear the call of Jackie's clutch hit to win the game, it's a most impressive commercial. If you just go to, uh, if you Google Anheuser-Busch, Jackie Robinson, Spike Lee, or words to that effect, you'll find the commercial easy. It is both classy and tear-jerking. Okay, uh, before we wrap up the show this morning, I, I really do hope and pray we can find a sensible way to protect our, our refs and umps and officials from out-of-control parents. Uh, you know, this is just, as I said before, over and over again, it can't be done. It, it just is not allowed. It just isn't right for them to be attacked. We all know that. So why can't we put in some significant measures to protect them. I mean, 
As I said before, a lot of sports parents don't want to deal with this. Uh, they feel that somehow they're entitled uh, because uh, they feel that's how it's done at the big league level. If you go and pay your money at, at a professional event, you're allowed to scream and yell and do what you want, although we don't see many physical attacks uh, because obviously there are security forces at, at the professional games. But i got to tell you, friends, we really need to stop this because it's just getting worse and worse, and we hear the stats all the time about the fact that you know we're, we're having a situation uh, you know, where, where we're sending fewer numbers of officials and refs coming out every year. So we said uh, this morning we've heard that the a lot of the high school baseball and softball games in Jersey are down to one umpire because aren't any numbers. And you hear from all the officials saying there's nothing left. There's nobody's coming out to do these games anymore. Something has to be done. And we know that the vast majority of the parents are 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 not, you know, are not involved in this, but they also have to be empowered to make sure that this stops. Uh, we know a lot of this falls upon the athletic directors. That's not fair to them because their, their plates are full, but certainly we have to do something along the lines that we're going to make sure that this stops because, as I said, it's just, it's just getting very, very scary. Uh, I... I we don't want the number of refs and ups to continue to dwindle. Uh, kids, as I said, then they become basically just scrimmages or not games. There's nothing more disappointing than for high school kids to you know, get ready and psyched up for a game only to find out uh, that day that there aren't enough refs to work the game and therefore the game has to be postponed or canceled. I mean, it's just, we've got to stop this. And it's all sports. It's all around the country. It's here as well. We're going to have to find a way because you talk to the coaches out there, you talk to the ADs, they'll tell you this is a real, real concern. And honestly, I'm a big fan. If we have to put in uh, you know, uh, serious deterrence, serious fines, big fines, jail time, whatever it might be, I think we have to at least consider that as a possible way to make sure that we have enough officials at our kids' games and they're protected. Simple as that. Okay, that's it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. Please stick around for Mark Malusis. He is up next. My thanks, of course, to Ed Arzuman. I'll see you next Sunday right here on The Fan. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.